Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. If you have to surround yourself with different people to get you out of your comfort zone, to be able to think differently and get to the place that you want to be, then do that. But take action. Don't just sit, learn, and absorb. Action is where the movement happens. And action, everyday small actions, is what's going to get you to where you need to be. It's not the big leaps and bounds, right? Kind of like in sales, those white elephant sales are great but they only come so often. It's a little itty bitty sales, the incremental ones that are going to get you where you need to be in a sustainable and a foundational way. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with Mike James of Smartphone Photography Training, and with the author of the world's best buyer persona system, Stormy Andrews, then go check them out, but only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Lynn Howard from the Coaching Consulting Resource Centre. Lynn has started and sold many businesses across the globe for over 20 years, leading global organizations as a chief operating officer in 26 countries and on leadership boards of NGOs with a global footprint and impact. She's driven to be a change agent, a thought leader, and to move the world forward. As a natural leader, she's always seemed to take charge, create an impact, and support the growth of those around her. Yet that didn't always come easy to her. She didn't always have the tools, or at least understand and apply them. Now she understands the world differently, has empathy and an inner drive to create a culture and a mindset shift to get people out of their everyday complacency or what the norm is, and step into a better version of themselves, in their life and in business. Leading companies into higher levels of success, more streamlined processes and healthier company culture is the outcome she achieves. Her motto is, no excuses, only solutions. With a little tough love, intuitiveness and perseverance mixed in, she's the catalyst to the next level of what her clients are working on. In our conversation today, Lynn talked to me about getting really clear on our values, vision and purpose to focus our energy. We talked about connection and meaningful conversation for effective networking and we talked about building a community around her services and resources. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Lynn Howard. (music) 
Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Bangkok in Thailand, Lynn Howard, who's a coach and consultant to entrepreneurs, to coaches and consultants, and to small business. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Lynn. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Oh, I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. Alice Dudley-Cash, who was our guest on episode 452 of the InnovaBuzz podcast, she suggested that we have a conversation with you and also introduced us. So big hello to Arliss. Hi, Arliss, and thank you. Yes, I, I love my network, and it's great to have a network that's always looking out for you. So, mm, It's good, isn't it? And um, I'm sure we'll touch on networking because I know you, you're um, an expert in that and you've done lots in that field. Um, you also got a lot of courses and you run, you're launching a coach consultant resource center. So I'm really excited to learn more about that. Um, before we talk about all the things that you're doing in your business and what you've learned, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Sure, Jurgen. Um, so I would say that that is a couple of different layers. One is I always I've always known my purpose to leave each place, each person, each thing better than what I found it ever since I was a young child. So I really do try to not try. I do walk through life, um, regardless if it's business or personal, really leaving a piece of myself in a good way and always um, either trying to make some, you know, smiling at somebody who maybe not be, you know, somebody might not have smiled at them for a while or just looking someone in the eye or saying thank you or, or whatever it is. It's just really to leave each person, each place, each thing better than what I found it <laughs> in recent years because of COVID. Don't always leave each place better than what I found it because I'm a little, OCD and kind of germaphobe. So I don't always pick up trash like I used to. <laughs> Who knows who's touched it? But, <laughs> um, but on business side, I would say, you know, my main purpose is to be there for the people that need me to be there in the way that I need to be there for them, right? So the way that they need. So my clients really showing up for them in a consistent basis to continue to expand and grow themselves, but also myself at the same time. And I think that that also adds to that. Hmm. Fabulous. And you touched on a couple of things there at the beginning, talking about just smiling at people or saying thank you or, you know, little things. And there's so much we can do, isn't there, that leaves a situation, leaves a person or leaves the environment in a, a better place than what we found it without a lot of effort, without a lot of hard work, just simple little things. Absolutely. You know, I, for years, I can't remember. I think it might have even started from my ex-husband who we're best friends still. Uh, it's a weird dynamic. And <laughs> even the simple act of when you go to a grocery store or restaurant, using the individual's name, looking at their name tag and using their name when you communicate with them. Uh, their face lights up different. They engage differently. You know, uh, just to have, we live in a world, uh, that's so full of technology and so disconnected to be able to give that just that tiny bit of feeling seen or feeling heard to someone else. It, you just do not know what type of impact that really could have on someone's life. Mm, yeah, I love it. 
All right. Now we we touched on, or I touched on, the coaching consulting resource center that you're building. And one of the things that I'm always curious about when when businesses put something like that together is how they go about building community. So tell us a little bit about the coaching consulting resource center and and how you're going about building the community around that. Sure, Jurgen. Thank you for asking. Um, so. About it would be really it is a central location that is community forward and it's really engaged. It is a membership base. Um, and when I was deciding to finally build this, I was already doing it behind the scenes for coaches, consultants across the world, creating little mini masterminds, putting together, you know, six week group coaching, whatever it was, or I'm the one that people cut and paste the, you know, <laughs> even the, um, LinkedIn profile. I've had some of the coaches that I work with cut and paste my what I do, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's because I'm always growing myself and always thinking of different ways. So essentially, um, this this idea birthed many years ago, and I've, like I said, been doing it behind the scenes. And it's just it's a place where coaches and consultants can go that really focus on working on the business, so the entrepreneurial, the the sales, the business development. Um, it's also very action oriented, which a lot of memberships aren't. They give you information, you show up, you know, it's a Facebook platform. So you see the post five days a week and you may or may not do anything. However, one of the things that I'm really well known for in my world is holding people accountable and getting sh done. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word uh, <laughs> on your podcast, but but, um, and it's woven through the membership. So this membership will be dynamic in a way where there are accountability pods. There will be checks and balances. It isn't, uh, just pay the fee and you're in. There's, there is an application. We want to make sure people are showing up that really want to work on their business, want to, don't want that quick fix, don't want to be sold to that they can get, you know, $25,000 in clients if they follow this once, two, three, which is, not likely, <laughs> by the way, people. <laughs> and um, yeah, so and how I'm getting people in there is, well, I'm, I'm on a call with you, a podcast with you, but it is utilizing my network and going out there and going after it. So utilizing my network, that means connecting with everybody that I know at high level, um, and working my way down and not down uh, down the chain, but I would say, you know, you have your high level individuals who have the ability to get you in the door or get you connected with people, right? Or whatnot, or get the word out there. Um, and then work your way down. So best time, time worth effort, right? Time worth value. Um, also just making sure that I'm available, right? I, I went through a phase, especially when I first started coaching consulting, where everybody thought I was too busy because I had a lot of things mm -hmm. on my plate. And I've really worked on not allowing that perception to happen. So I reach out and I say, Hey, you know, I engage in conversation. I also am a big giver. Like, what can I give to them first before I ask for something in return? Um, also participating in networking events, right? And I'm definitely a person of act like a host, not a guest. So if I join a networking organization or if I'm participating in one, I'm really going to do my best to show up and participate and not sit back and receive. Um, and then the last thing, and this is something that's fairly new for me in the last year because I bootstrapped pretty much everything, all my businesses, and this is still bootstrapping it, but I'm paying for PR. So 
I am, uh, some is paid and some is just luck, right? And so I hired a PR company um, and we'll have some PR work that's going to be starting, um, you know? So that's the actions. It doesn't take into consideration all the work that I've put in before, all the consistency and cohesiveness in my brand and how I show up, um, knowing my target market, like all of the the business skills um, that go with that, that help impact, make the impact more um, profound, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, that's a pretty comprehensive sort of wrap of, of how you're going about launching and building. Yeah. Well, one of the things you mentioned there was the holding people accountable, um, having accountability pods, and um, make sure that you get stuff done right. Um, talk to us a little bit more about that, about the power of accountability and how, how you do that um, because I, I, I'm always curious, how do you do that in a kind of a fun way that's almost like a gamification where people don't take it as a wrap over the knuckles if they haven't done what they said they'd do that week or, you know, for example. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so many ways to go about that and it really depends on the individual's behavioral style but also their confidence level and their ego level we'll say but i'll give you a couple of ideas one is um i have a couple of different like spreadsheets that we we all have access to so essentially in the ccrc is what i call the coaching consulting resource center there will be a um, a spreadsheet that everybody can look at. So just the knowledge of seeing that, and that's something that they agree upon, right? When they come in. So it's, it's also, if I back up, it's also getting the permission and getting the agreement, setting the context of this is how we're going to play, right? And also teaching each other how to support and not, you know, not only use the stick, <laughs> yeah. right? And, um, and and that's a, that's a process. Um, so it's really about setting context, getting the permission, um, and then having some kind of tracking, regardless of what that is, and then doing fun contests or fun, you know, prizes or like, and really, and I do this with teams actually, and co companies when I go into that is getting the idea out of them of what would be fun for them, right? Um, a great mentor of mine often says the art of di diplomacy is getting someone else to use your idea, <laughs> right? So I think of this, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, you know, doing a poll and finding out, okay, what would make this more fun? Like, how can we increase this? And, and I think that that's also what makes a great leader and helps with innovation is really constantly pulling on like, okay, what can we do new? What, what opportunities do we have? Like, where is opportunity for growth or excitement? And, um, then the last thing I would say is putting celebration in there. Some kind of celebration or recognition, um, is really important. And then once a small thing, that I would also add, and it's not so small in the big scheme of things, is making sure as a leader that you are monitoring and empowering others to monitor to make sure that there's no bad behavior. Uh, because, you know, especially with competitions, egos can get involved and different things can happen. You don't want people to be left behind. A leader is in there amongst with their people, not at the top, you know, dictating. That's not the way of leadership anymore. And so 
I know that there's a lot of different points, but it's kind of like all of those mm. and then a few more, but that's kind of the process that I look at to be able to say, okay, what's the best way to get their buy-in, have them participate and have them hold themselves accountable and the community hold each other accountable and not necessarily me. Now, some of my clients, you pay me good money to hold them accountable and they agree to it. And I just remind them of it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no gamification with that one, but they pay me good money to keep them accountable. And it's, it's also an approach to, uh, Jurgen. I think that that's a big thing, like learning emotional intelligence and really applying how to have conversation with individuals in the way. And I'll give you a quick example. I know I've rambled on this. I don't know if you played sports or workout or anything like that, but I, I played sports in high school and college. And then um, I CrossFitted forever when I was living in Hawaii and a great coach will know how to motivate you in the way that you need to be motivated. So for me, my way is I need you to get in my face. I need you to push me. I, I don't need the tender, loving care where the person next to me needed more of that t tender, loving care, that TLC. And so I've always appreciated great coaches who can really just allow that person to shine in the way that they need to and encourage them in the way that they need to on an individual basis. But that takes a leader that is involved and present and participating and developing a team, obviously, because the CCRC, it will have a handful of people in it um, that can also help with that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I think, you know, like you've talked about a lot of things there, but I think it sort of comes back to at a high level, building a culture of uh, shared ownership, shared celebration yes. um, and shared accountability. And I like that you brought up celebration because, I mean, even not at an individual level, I know I struggle with this all the time and I need to remind myself you know, at the end of the day, if I do a review and I oh, damn, I didn't get to this and I didn't get to that and, and this one took me far too long and so I beat myself up and, and forget about all the great stuff that I did in between all those things. And, and if you kind of take the time to celebrate all the good stuff and maybe take lessons out of that as well because even though the biggest lessons are in mistakes we've made perhaps there's also lessons in the successes i agree i think there's definitely definitely lessons in both absolutely absolutely hmm. the other thing also that i always find in these communities and you talked about participation in whether it's a networking event or or in a community is when you take the time to comment on somebody else's question or um, or interpret somebody else's comments, that's actually a learning opportunity as well. So I find, you know, somebody asks a question in communities that I'm in where I'm just a, a student in that community as well, but I say, oh, I know the answer to that, so I can respond to that immediately because I'm there and they're in the forum right now and that helps me articulate that answer and and reinforces that in my mind as well 
Absolutely. I, I mean, the only way the only way we're going to learn, evolve, and grow is to participate in life. Is to be present. And if that's making a comment on someone's post, or if that is, you know, leading the pack and posting your own posts in this example, and and being really, you know, really active with it, we we have to show up in order to learn, evolve, and grow. So. Hmm. All right. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. One of the things I'm interested in and curious about, I know you're a bit of a digital nomad and you, you touched before on that you were in Hawaii and lived in Hawaii. Now you're in Thailand, in Bangkok, and I'm sure you've been in lots of other fascinating and interesting places. Tell us a little bit about how you... Um, well, the life of a digital nomad and how you continue to run your business whilst traveling and experiencing all those different places. Absolutely. Discipline. <laughs> um, but no, really. Uh, so I'll give you just a small background that will help put things into context. First of all, I lived out of country before in Saudi Arabia. I, in, in, when I was, when we moved to Hawaii, before we moved to Hawaii, we lived in Saudi Arabia, went to Hawaii. And, you know, it's funny because you're living in paradise and people are always like, how do you get so much done? They think you sit at the beach all day and like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, sipping Mai Tais or whatnot out of a coconut. <laughs> and that's not true. I mean, some people do, uh, but they're called surfers and they don't get much done sometimes unless they're a professional surfer. So and just in a joking way. Um, so, and one of the things I knew uh, in, and I kept telling my children, uh, especially in their high school years was, hey, you need to figure out after you graduate, like I'm, I had kids young, I'm going to go experience life. Like, I don't know what I'm going to, where I'm going to live, but I'm going to, I want to live back after we lived in Saudi. I knew I wanted to live out of country again. I, I then gotten divorced. So I was single uh, while the kids were in high school. And um, so they graduated. And before they actually before they graduate, I started traveling a lot. And what I did is way before COVID way before zoom was even cool. And most people knew about zoom. <laughs> because I was traveling so much, I was already transitioning my clients into a virtual conversation, right? A virtual relationship. Um, and when I was present, I would make it so much more, you know, like connection and like getting their, getting their energy and all that good stuff. However, um, I had to train my clients and myself to really understand the virtual world and that you could still have impact, that you could still have connection, that you could still, um, you know, have movement in your business life, whatever we were coaching them. So. Um, fast forward, uh, when I decided to officially become a digital nomad at that point for a few years, I was traveling 70% out of Hawaii a year and that'd be the mainland and also out of country. And so why incur expense when I can just go, yeah. go travel? So, um, I, yeah, I packed up my things. I, and essentially went globe trotting and, uh, a lot in the U S too, because by that time, all the kids had moved to the U S and I, Again, go back to discipline. A lot of people think, oh, you're going to, like when I went to Vietnam for, I think it was five days total last year. Um, 
or the year before. And they're like, oh, you're going to Vietnam. Like you're going to do this, this and this. Yeah, actually I was on phone calls more than I was visiting things I had. And I was creative with my time too. So I made sure that I blocked out time to be able to see, prioritize what I wanted to see in the country. Cause I knew I only had a short window, right? So I prioritized what I wanted to see. I blocked out that time in my calendar and then I got creative with my client time. Obviously I didn't have, well, maybe not, you know this, but I didn't have clients in Vietnam or necessarily, I think I had maybe one in this time zone. So really the majority of my calls were in the US. So I was mm. doing calls, you know, from, mm. yeah, yes, mm. from nine till 1 a.m. And I would just condense them. And I'm definitely a person that, you know, rip off the band-aid type of individual or like get it done. So I'll do things back to back to back. So that way I can have a full 24 hours where I don't have to work. So how I do that consistently is discipline, creativity, and also, you know, having harmony in what I'm doing, but know that I'm not on vac- like I am visiting a country, but I'm not on vacation from my mm. business. When I take vacation from my business, that's different. Um, but this is, I'm a, I'm a nomad. I'm not going to each place on vacation. Right. And so yeah. it, it's been interesting to help kind of give people a different picture of like, no, I'm still hustling. I'm still working my tail off. And now that I'm settled in Bangkok because of COVID, I guess I'm not necessarily a digital nomad anymore. I'm more living abroad until countries open up. Mm. Um, But Bangkok will be a home base, but I'll do the same. Like, you know, work hard, play hard kind of mentality, but also taking care of myself to make sure that, that, that discipline, that creativity and I would say probably the biggest issue though was always is finding great Wi-Fi. <laughs> drives me crazy. <laughs> that drives me crazy. But but it is discipline, it is prioritization and creativity. If I was looking at mm. attributes. Yeah, it's great. And and also, I mean, if I hear it correctly, it's the discipline is around on the one hand saying that, you know, whilst I'm traveling in exotic places and i want to see things i will also spend this amount of time doing my work uh, running my business and on the other side of the discipline is i will make time to go and see the things that i'm interested in and why i'm here absolutely and i will tell you and this is something i talk about a lot what helps me stay on that is i'm a goal setter i have goals for my year for whatever you know five years whatnot so as long as I'm constantly working in a way that is in alignment with my goals, my vision, my mission, my values, and I'm saying not just business, but personal, then Mm -hmm. it does work out in a harmonic way. Because I am a big advocate of we are our most important client, we should really be putting ourselves first, then everybody else. And so when you have that mindset, you're able to like, like you said, have that, that fun, that excitement, and also have that you know get that work done that you need to get done and it's also like because i'm in alignment with stuff you know this has been a great discipline to really keep myself in check about the busy work and that was actually a hard transition to let go of things that i thought i needed to be doing in order to make a business happen or be who i was supposed to be and um you know and and i was always doing it for my clients. It's always, you know, it's always the coach that needs the coaching kind of thing. <laughs> um, 
type of thing. Yeah. So, um, but this is really, you know, being very disciplined in this and constantly looking at the bigger picture and working with my clients and giving them reality checks. But um, to say, okay, what, what's busy work? Like what, what, what do I need to get done? What is in alignment with all of that? And what's not, then I've had to make some hard decisions, including getting rid of people in my environment or in my inner circle, um, including leaving a global position as COO. You know, I've made big decisions based on it wasn't in alignment with the bigger vision, values, mission, purpose, right? Um, and that helps you be able to be more hyper-focused on the things that you need to be hyper-focused on. And regardless if you're digital, no matter or not, having these traits, even if you're stagnant, you know, in your, in your town or whatnot and can't travel, like it only will help you in your business, in your life, because we do need to participate for ourselves. We should be smarter about how we work. We should always be aligned with our visions, values, mission. We should be creative with our time and with our resources. Hello, that's what your podcast is about is innovation, right? So that creativity really helps us think on our toes. It helps us be able to ebb and flow with change. It helps us to not, you know, not get knocked down and stay down type of thing, right? Hmm. Yeah. And that self-awareness, having that self-awareness and, and putting boundaries around things so that you take care of yourself and um, it's a little bit like you know put on your mask first before you help others in, in the airline safety briefing right um but it's something that i think people take for granted i know i certainly when i left the corporate world i, I had a long corporate career and i loved it for all but the last two years and the last two years were pretty depressing for me and i only realized afterwards that it was because the environment had changed the culture of the organization had shifted through mergers through change of um change of personnel through um some acquisitions and things and you know i i was suddenly in a position where i had great relationships with all our clients at very senior levels and i found myself having to apologize all the time for the company which mm. was was a weird situation to be in and it was only afterwards that i realized that you know this last two years i'd essentially been living at complete odds with my own values and when i left and 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 set set up my own business where i got to choose what culture and values the business had um all of a sudden oh this is fun again <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that's a great message for your listeners is when you feel that way, even ideally you want to do it before you feel that way. <laughs> that just yeah, that's right. that depression. Yes. But yes, that yeah. was certainly something I learned that, that yeah. um, you know, it took me a couple of years to, well, it took me a couple of years to make the decision to make a change. Um, and it took me a few years afterwards to understand what it, what was actually happening at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I completely understand. <laughs> All right. Now, you talked earlier also about being fully present when you're in um, networking events. I kind of don't like the term networking, really, but I sort of focus more on relationships and connection 
Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about what you mean there being fully present and being engaged and how to get the best value out of those kind of events where you get to meet people and have meaningful conversations. Absolutely. So just a little bit of info about me for your viewers is, or listeners is I, I am a very spiritual person. I'm very intuitive, have that my whole life. And so every year I make a goal. And one of the goals a few years ago was to really practice the art of being present. It's so interesting when you you really practice and actually it was a whole year of it so by almost by the end of the year like I felt like in certain areas like people saw me differently and they and I engaged with them differently so actually learning the practice of presence in overall in life is really important so I encourage you to do that regardless if you're woo-woo spiritual or not um, what it is, is, t- you know, putting down the phone, looking somebody in the eyes, l- active listening, listening to hear, not listening to speak, um, asking them questions about them, like in, in hearing what they're saying, right? And engaging in some kind of dialogue with uh, appropriate questioning and body language. And again, listening to hear, not listening to speak. Um, and so, with networking, and I agree, networking actually has a bad kind of connotation, if you would, because um, a lot of people bastardize it, and they they really they just go out and they throw their cards at each other. They only looking for about themselves. So I think um, you know a couple of points in networking would be, and I love this: act like a host, not a guest. So if you're going to a physical networking event, if you could, um, you know, how can you participate? Do you know where the bathrooms are? Do you know where, you know, the sign up is? Do you know where this is? If somebody is, you know, kind of just standing there, go up and introduce yourself, have a small conversation with them, see if you can connect them with somebody else that they might be looking for. Um, just really being, um, being someone who is building relationships and being engaged is you're participating, you're showing up, you're not allowing the networking to happen to you and you're not only using it to get yourself ahead. So, right. It's all about giving before receiving. So, and that's a big thing. And it's it's something that's talked about a lot now about like, you know, uh, adding so much value before you ask for value. Right. And so um, I would definitely say a couple of tips would be, you know, especially if you are depending on your, again, behavioral style, If you can, set a goal before you go. How many new people do you want to meet? What do they look like? What do they feel like? Why do you want to meet them? What value can you add to them? So setting a goal. Going into the event and not just hanging around with the people that you know. Go out there and meet new people. See who you can engage with. Again, use your active listening skills so you're listening to hear. You're listening to make a connection. You know, communication is just words passing back and forth. But connection is an exchange of humanity, an exchange of soulship, right? And so when you can really have that, you might not have it with everybody. But those that you need to have that with or that you could have that with, it changes the dynamic of, the, of, of your relationship, if you would, or the engagement. And then also... Again, make sure that you are depositing into them, right? So how can you add value to them? And this doesn't mean that you are solving all their problems because they say, oh, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. You don't just slew it out. Maybe getting a little bit deeper about like, okay, well, why is that? What is the best fit for you? Is there, ask them before you 
offer, ask them, hmm. you know, if I could help you with this, would that be of value to you? You know, just small little things and the way that we change and engage could really make a difference in, um, in that connection. And then following up after, after you're done with the networking event, the follow up part, like, and I don't mean follow up and sell them on your business which or is, put them into your the mailing classic list. classic way people do it. Oh my yeah. goodness. I can't tell mm. you how many times I've went and all of a sudden I'm on like five new people's like constant contact or MailChimp or whatever. I'm like, guys, like this is ridiculous. Um, but now follow up with them. You know, if I find out that, you know, somebody loves golf, maybe I send them an article on golf and say, Hey, Jurgen, I remember I was talking about golf. Look at this article I thought of you. And it's really, again, it is people want to feel connected, right? Even if we consciously don't know it subconsciously, it's a human need. And so when we feel seen and heard, it builds that connection, right? So you're asking them little questions. You're watching their body language. What colors are they wearing loud patterns? Do they talk about a dog? You know, and you make little notes. If you don't have good memory, you make little notes during it. So that way you can continue that relationship and engaging with the people that you want to. Don't always follow up. I mean, you should follow up and thank everybody. But that doesn't mean that you have to build all relationships that you met, right? So you know, who, who are the people that, that make the most sense? And so, I mean, there's definitely an art and I am a big person of, uh, relationships. I mean, that's what we did in our business. I was CEO for that was the main basis was building relationships, um, for referrals essentially. Um, and, uh, but at the end of the day, Remember, connect with them, active listening. How can you build value and making sure that you're keeping that dialogue going with them? Um, because if you're just using them to get your next step, which a lot of people do, and hey, that's on you. If that's the type of person that you are, I I'm not here to judge. It's not the way I choose to because I want to build a sustainable, long-term, foundational part of my business and my community, which builds the relationships that's what it's built upon and so when you're constantly start stopping start stopping it doesn't mean that you have to go you know go out and hang out with them every weekend and you 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 but you can keep that conversation going and um yeah so that would be my tips i guess around that yeah it's great well i love you know the focus on connection which is pretty well the way i look at it and i see you know, connection versus conversation. I see a lot of times where there's conversations that are pretty shallow. Um, they may be, oh, can I give you my business card? Please call me if you need need this. Um, or it might be the next level, which is kind of like what's on your mind right now. Oh, I've got this problem. Oh, I can solve that problem. Or I can, I can refer you to somebody who can solve that problem without actually listening or without exploring further. So building that connection first. And I love, you know, your follow-up process as well. And I know you, you've you done a lot of work. You talked earlier about LinkedIn, copy and paste um, of the about section. But LinkedIn is one of my favorite no-nos on LinkedIn is when, um, I mean, I filter people very carefully that I connect with, but occasionally I still accept a connection request. And the next thing I get is a message saying, you know, buy my stuff. <laughs> Well, you don't even know that I need your stuff, so. <laughs> right. Well, you're not looking for the need. And, you know, it does, it is a, 
it's a new way people are using to really build themselves. However, there is a proper way to do that too. It is about the engagement. It is about recognition. It is about seeing the other person. And then again, and I know it seems small and it might seem kind of weird, but ask permission. You know, are you looking for someone to help you with that before you say, I have a referral for you? First of all, do you even know if that other person wants, you know, it referrals a two way street. So you have to check with that other person that they're even accepting referrals, that, that you're the right fit for that referral, so on and so forth. And we can talk for hours about that. I am being an area director for BNI for 10 years. Like I, I've, I've seen it all or what well, I was before I became a digital nomad and it would drive me insane. So uh, but this is, this is, and this has always been my thing and people and possibilities. So like connection and having that, like, that that um really connecting people for the right reasons i do not like to waste people's time and i hate people wasting my time like Mm. there's no reason for it just to fill something fill air fill time fill your ego whatever that is there's absolutely no reason for it and so really just showing up adding value and then keeping that conversation going with the people that you're supposed to keeping that conversation going it's it's huge. And you said something about communication and connection. I can't remember his name. He passed away. Um, he was, uh, uh, his first name was Steven. But he, I, I went, I saw him. I'll look it up and I'll send it to you. Stephen um, Covey? No, it wasn't Stephen Covey. Uh, his name was Stephen and he was, um, he was in a wheelchair. Uh, he didn't grow much more than I want to say, like a little over three feet. I can't remember exactly what. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Stephen Hawking's mm, the physicist. No, this is a he. He's uh, he just passed away, and he's a speaker. But he talks about communication connection. I'll send it to you. It's a brilliant piece um, that I love the way he talks about like the difference of communication and connection. Actually, I've written, I've done a couple of keynotes about that because there is a difference. There is a huge difference between the two. I'll look up the name because now it's, it's fleeted my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, um, we'll include that link in the show notes so people can check it out. And I certainly look forward to checking it out as well. Thanks. All right. Well, this is, fascinating lynn we could go on for hours like you say on um, networking or communication and uh, connection and we haven't touched on some of your other expert areas but i think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz which is our innovation round it's where i ask the same five questions of each of our guests and the intent is that you provide some answers from your experience that inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today to get it done as you would yes get it done All right. Um, what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Look for opportunities, right? Just allow the opportunities to inspire you. And there's always opportunities around us. So when you see an opportunity, um, you can be creative in that moment to, I'm not going to say be opportuni- opportunistic, but uh, but definitely take advantage of that. And, and cr- again, create promote creating value standpoint Hmm. yeah i love that uh, creating value and also um you know touching on what we're talking about just a few moments ago the connection and meaningful conversations i find that sometimes i'll have a, a really good conversation with somebody and throw out some thought that in my mind isn't yet 
a brilliant idea and the other person says, oh, you could do this and that's a brilliant idea. And then sort of together because of the conversation, all of a sudden it's elevated from just a throwaway comment to a, an idea that's worth investigating further. Absolutely. That, and actually that's the one I was kind of going back, but they would go together, like having an opportunity, looking for opportunity and then surrounding yourself with the right people to, cause that collective energy to be able to help process through it or give you the validation that you need is I go back to one of my favorite proverbs. It's an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go mm. far, go together. And it's so true. And nowadays, it's it's just even more accepted to have that like freedom of collaboration and creativity and that energy uh definitely helps the ball move quicker yeah yeah i love that uh, quote all right what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas well i would say surround myself with like-minded people i definitely um and i really so if i go backwards a little bit i got really comfortable with being as comfortable as I can and inspired by change, by discomfort, right? And understanding that there is going to be discomfort, but that's okay. Like, what can I learn? What can I do? How can I be, be more, do more, see more kind of thing. And so I would say definitely surround yourself with the right people and like-minded people that encourage you, inspire you, um, you know, that, that can lead you or whatnot. Uh, but also getting really comfortable with change and growth mm. because that's where growth, it is uncomfortable to grow. Think of you like even growing as a child. I'm sure a lot of you had growing pains, right? Physically. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing for our, and our business. Yeah. Exactly. So mm. getting comfortable with that in, and, in your and, own way. Yeah. We've really all been forced to, we've all been forced to change over the last Correct. two years nearly now, um, due to Correct. the, COVID pandemic all around the world. So you talked earlier about uh, training your clients to be more comfortable with working online. I mean, that's that's one classic example where everybody suddenly discovered Zoom that was, wasn't aware of it beforehand. And everybody's Zoom experts now though, to the point where they get up that I uh, can't stand another Zoom meeting. Um, but that's, that's something that um, they've gone through, whereas the first time they probably looked at it and said, oh, I've got no idea how this works and this is all too hard. Yeah, I had an well, experience. And I heard lots of people can't make connection over, like, whatever. It, it really starts with your mindset. If you can train your mind to look at things differently and to see, that's why I like opportunity, like see the opportunity instead of playing victim or feeling, you know, the 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 harshness of it. Like, you can sit and wallow, but get your, maybe for an hour. <laughs> And then get yourself out of it and, out and let's it. Yep. figure out how to make, make it happen. Like, let's figure out how to make it move forward. What can we do? Yep. Don't give me what, why it won't work. What can we do? Exactly. And what's in my control? Um, yep. I, I had an experience recently where I was starting a new activity and I was, I was in a community where there was somebody was training in this activity. And I started watching all the training videos and, and I remember right at the beginning thinking, oh, wow, this is really complicated and this is hard. And I just, you know, I had to go back over the videos again and I just can't understand that or I can't understand how things hang together. I can't get it all sort of clear in my mind. And then it dawned on me that, hey, I'm learning because I'm at my boundary condition right now. I'm really struggling. So I'm, I'm yeah. learning. And it's 
sort of three weeks later now and I'm at a point where I can explain it to people. I, I sort of un understand a lot of them I and I've still got a long way to go to um, understand and learn and apply this properly. But it's like if I think of where I was three weeks ago compared to now, it's just sort of a massive difference. It's kind of like, you know, the baby that that is not even crawling yet and in mm -hmm. within three months they'll be running around on, on two legs, you know. Yeah, you, the more action that you put into it, and that's a whole big thing a lot of people get frozen. Um, it, but when you put in action and, and you do it consistently, right? So you're doing the work, mm -hmm. then it will eventually become easier, more second nature. It doesn't mean that like you become a master at it. But uh, Malcolm Gladwell actually writes about this in Outliers about mm -hmm. like how many hours it takes to practice, but also like Will Smith, who is one of my favorite actors of all times, he talks about this, about this too. Like, there's a difference between talent and hard work and he will outwork anybody. And so he can develop that skill set because he will outwork people. And so um, you have to put in the action though, or the work in order to get past that. Uh, but it does start with your mind. Yeah. Great. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Ooh, well, I've been loving the Google I love the Google, uh, Google Sheets, Google Docs, and being able to share. But one new one that I came across um, this last uh, this last year was Miro, M-I-R-O, mm. and I love sticky notes. And back when I had a home, I had you know a slight office uh, supply addiction. I still kind of do, <laughs> and so it allows me to have sticky notes virtually. <laughs> And work with my teams and different things like that uh, globally. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, I love um, love those tools. I, I've played with Miro a little bit. I've, I've got another one that I discovered the other day that's quite neat too. I just don't remember its name, but it's similar to Miro, so hmm. I'd include it in the notes. All right, now what's the best way to keep a client on track? You talked a little bit about account Google Sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a Google Sheets that my clients, uh, that we data dump any type of goals, actions, whatever. And it's really, okay. So I would say have some kind of tracking mechanism, which I use a Google Sheet base. Um, and every month we have their, their mini goals, right? So Google Sheets also, it is putting it into your calendar. So I love my Google calendar, even though I used to be an old school paper type of person, but Google calendar is amazing. And by the way, people, if you don't have a Calendly or some kind of scheduler, I'd strongly advise you to. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is going back and forth trying to figure out a time. That's another technology that I suggest. Uh, but um, having a base, making benchmarkers, and um, uh, so knowing where they're going, having benchmarkers, putting it into the calendar, and then constantly coming back to that original, uh, the original goals or the original what they want to accomplish, essentially. Right, yeah. And you mentioned you touched on Calendly and there's there's a bunch of others. I use Acuity Scheduling. Um, but, yeah, having a, a scheduling tool that um, I think if you're a digital nomad, it's it's absolutely critical. I know, you know, I have, have it set up so that the different time zones um, it's really easy for people to find find a time that suits them in their time zone as opposed to somebody coming back and saying, Oh, you suggested this time that's going to be 1 a.m. in the morning for me. I'm not at my best right then. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. My, one of my marketing, uh, people years ago was like, you have to get on Google calendar. You have to, and this was back before I became a digital nomad. And I wish I would have listened to her then because <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm an expert now at it, but, um, but it just, it makes life so much easier. Um, uh, regardless if you're doing appointments just with the people in your own time zone or you're doing global appointments, like there's no back and forth. There's no headache. Here's my link. Figure it out. Let me know if there's not a time that suits. Yeah. All right. Um, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Getting really clear on their vision, values, and purpose um, will differentiate them because that builds authenticity, that builds uh, cohesiveness in their brand. Um, and I know it's very simple, and so many people are not in alignment or even know what their vi vision, values, mission, and purpose is. Yeah, yeah, well you say it's it's very simple. Well, we actually have an exercise that we work people through, which I call the lighthouse. Um, and it's basically vision, values, purpose, and and then message is the last one. So that's that's the constant light that you shine out into the world, which is like the lighthouse not impacted by any external factors. Um, but absolutely like people find it very challenging to do that exercise and yet when we work with people to take them through it the transformation that it brings about is quite amazing i'm always inspired myself when i do it and and somebody else has that transformation hmm. i agree all right well thanks lynn this has been fabulous now where can people find out more about you maybe even reach out and say thank you and also check out the um coaches what is it the cc coaching consulting coaching consulting resource, resource center, center. <laughs> yeah i'm still not fully yesterday was my birthday so i was out uh, well i was up late i should say oh yes That's happy birthday by the way thank you yesterday. thank you so not all my words are coming out um so i'd say go to my website lynnahoward.com lynnahoward.com and um the initial phase because there's multiple phases phases to the CCRC, uh, but the initial phase is up and we're actually taking um, a waiting list right now for founding members because it'll launch in October officially. Um, and there's killer deals for the, the founders. Um, as far as connecting with me, connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, and so just look for, look for me there. And I think you're putting the links in your show notes or something. Yeah, I'm not yep. sure. Yep. Yeah, um, so. Show notes. And then you can always email me, um, lynn at lynnahower.com and just make sure that you are referencing uh, the uh, this podcast and Jurgen and yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. Brilliant. Okay. And we will have all those links in the show notes. So do you have some parting advice for our listener today, Lynn? Well, yes. <laughs> There's so much. Um, well, I would say, you know, if you want something that you can work on now or like start building more of a skill set, um, I would say definitely uh, get involved in emotional intelligence that that particular skill set in itself can help you in so many different areas of what we talked about today, Jurgen, but also um, just in leadership and in many other things. So emotional intelligence really is a great and for me, I believe it is a non-negotiable essential essential skill set that we should all be learning and even teaching to our children. 
As far as more of um, just an overall and not a tool, I'd say, you know, we are can be our best advocate, we can be our worst enemy. And so it starts with our minds. And so whatever you think, whatever you believe, it will be, right? So I forget who who that who that quote was by the person who thinks they can and the person who thinks they cannot are correct, right? And so really if you have to surround yourself with different people to get you out of your comfort zone to be able to think differently and get to the place that you want to be, then do that. But take action. Don't just sit learn and absorb action is where the movement happens and action every day small actions is going to what's what's going to get you to where you need to be it's not the big leaps and bounds right kind of like in sales those white elephant sales are great but they only come so often it's the little itty bitty sales the incremental ones that are going to get you where you need to be in a sustainable and a foundational way. And so making everyday little choices to keep in alignment with your visions, values, purpose, and get you to your goals that you want to go, it will help you really surpass the goals that you ever thought were possible if you focus on the everyday actions. Mm, yeah, and, and the consistency, I think, is really important. I mean, I like to compare it to, I'm, I'm a keen cyclist, and Often, like I've, we're just coming out of winter now, so I've been a little bit lap, lax in my um, regular cycling routine. So my fitness level is down quite a bit. And I have to keep reminding myself now I'd sort of like to go out for a long ride. And then, of course, I'm very tired at the end and, and I get frustrated that my fitness doesn't improve. So I have to keep reminding myself that all I need to do is go out for a short ride for five days and then just increase the intensity or the distance just a little bit every day and over time I will get fitter whereas if I try and do it in one hit it's that white elephant sale right that that's yeah that doesn't really work it's the same like with weightlifting with CrossFit it yeah I can maybe squat 100 pounds I'm not going to tomorrow try to squat 200 pounds just because yeah. you know you, you got to build up to it so yeah I, I agree right. All right. Finally, Lynn, who else should I get on this podcast and why? Ooh, I have so many people. Um, I would definitely say uh, I think that Joanne Siri, she's been a mentor of mine for so many years, and I'll definitely make the introduction. Um, Joanne Siri is an executive director of BNI, but she is so much more. She, she owns the state of play, and she influences and impacts so many entrepreneurs' lives. She comes from, uh, she used to do business plans and different things like that. And she, just her mind and the way that she's able to engage with individuals and to help, you know, a thousand entrepreneurs navigate the COVID stuff. Like it's really, she, she's just a, a fabulous woman. And another person I would say is Amanda, uh, Fugile. And she is out of, um, Texas and she is just, she is very type A, get stuff done, and she, her knowledge and her education and the way she approaches things is very unique. Um, so I definitely say her. And then I would say one more, and it's Khalid out of Dubai. And what I love about Khalid is he brings the spiritualness and the, the soft skills into leadership, into high level leadership, um, which isn't necessarily norm, especially in air countries and the way that he's doing it is really um it's really incredible so i'll make sure that i'll do introductions to all of them for you 
All right, that's great. So Joanne and Amanda and Khaled, so we'll reach out to them and see if we can bring them on the show. Wonderful. So thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously today, Lynn. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, there's been so much to learn, I think, in what you've shared today. So I'm looking forward to sharing it with my audience. And please stay in touch and all the best. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Jurgen. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and, and really informative conversation with Lynn and took something away from her episode. I love Lynn's focus on connection and personal values and the boundaries and actions that we place around those. I'd love to know what you took away from Lynn's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Lynn Howard. That is L-Y-N-N-H-O-W-A-R-D. Or lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Lynn Howard. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Lynn, as well as links to her website, to the Confessions of a Digital Nomad podcast, to her social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this episode, please do share it with as many other people that it might help. Aim for at least two, but the more the merrier. Tag me in on those shares and I'll reach out to you with a special surprise. Lynn suggested we have a conversation with Joanne Siri, Director of BNI Hawaii, and business consultant Amanda Fergil on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Joanne, Amanda, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Lynn Howard. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Sarah Santa Croce of Humane Marketing, and author of Marketing Like We're Human, and Alex Sanfilippo of Podmatch. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.